coming up on podcast 1647 a meta review of all the various bmw i7 reviews that i can find for you stick around it's on the way also on the show today we'll look at the audi q8 e-tron the new name for what was just audi e-tron more battery swap stations from the neo and tesla doing the right thing by german buyers well, those stories and a lot more coming up today. A great way to start your week. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday, 7th of November. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Well, the podcast this month is sponsored by our friends and Charge, the new app you can download here in the UK. They partner with Charging Networks because those networks want to know what you think of them. Now, yeah, there are apps out there at the minute where you can upload a photo of what the charger looks like. But how do you know anyone is even looking at those? With Charge, you know that the charging networks want that information. So they've launched with Ionity in the UK. And you answer five quick questions about the charge location. Earn yourself some rewards, 10 kilometres per station that you receive review. You can earn £5 of credits to spend uh, for reels at Amazon and real charging with Octopus Electric Universe. Now, for any challenge you solve Ionity this month, uh, there is uh, even more that you can earn as well. Download and charge from your app store now. So the big news today is the embargo lifted on the BMW i7 reviews. Now, they seem to have happened in both uh, the US and here in Europe. And uh, I think the UK had some specific i7 press driving those vehicles as well. So we're going to take a look at the various different ranges that have been promised around the world. And yes, this is not going to be the biggest seller, but I get excited about vehicles like this well for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because it, it genuinely is very good and very interesting to look at the top end of the market. But also, importantly, that technology we know will trickle down over the years into the more affordable cars. Uh, the i3, which is coming, which is going to be um, the 3 Series version, uh, not the i3, which we just said goodbye to. But, yeah, the i4 and more as well. So uh, we'll start with car and driver. And they talk about how the car looks. Now, the BMW i7 does look a little bit like a 7 Series in that it's got a big bonnet out front. It looks the same as the gasoline-powered equivalent. So that is really choose your poison. Because if you want a car that looks like a purebred EV on an EV platform that will only ever have batteries in, then choose the Mercedes-Benz EQS or the EQE. This platform can take a four-cylinder engine or a six-cylinder engine, but it can take batteries as well. Now, the batteries do go in a skateboard design. It is not a combustion platform that has somehow had batteries shoehorned in. It has been designed from the start to take either or. Still not the most efficient, the best way to do it, but they've still got to sell petrol 7 Series. Um, And... At the minute, the area underneath the vehicle is 4.9 inches. So you do, certainly the rear passengers do have a little bit less room or your knees would sit a little bit off the back seats, as it were. The lithium-ion cells, they're using a 4.3 inches high. It's actually a really low-voltage system as well. It's a 376-volt system for what is such a, a flagship car in their brand, and... It doesn't have the world's biggest battery, but it's already decent. So it has 101.7. Now, they they quote usable, which is just wonderful. So give it whatever buffer you want to give it. 
but it's 101.7 usable. Still really big. It's over 100 kilowatt hours. Let's not muck about here. So EPA range in the US of between 296 and 318 miles, depending on the wheels and tyres that you choose. Dual motor, of course, 255 horsepower motor up front, 308 at the rear, so more power rear biased. 536 horsepower combined. Good regen on this. BMW have learned all the lessons they've learned over the years. Single pedal driving on the B mode. So you can select B mode and go single pedal for urban driving. And it's very, very, very smooth. So when you let your foot off the accelerator, it doesn't come to a it doesn't come to a halt. It slows you down very quickly. Then that last three or four inches. It just kind of glides and it applies the friction brakes and holds you on the friction brakes. Uh, but you can't really feel like you're stopping. Car and driver really rate the feel of it. They say that when you press the left pedal, the blended braking is so good. You can't tell going from regen to friction. Already this is coming across as a very, very good electric vehicle from BMW. They say that sport mode does help the driving. The dampers tighten up. The ride height goes down on the air suspension by 0.4 inches and gives you more power as well. There's a bunch of things in this car that give it that luxurious feel. And bearing in mind, through all of this, what I'm telling you, it's about the price of a Model S Plaid, which is an engineering weapon. This is a different kind of beast. Every car comes with a panoramic sky lounge, LED moonroof, they call it, which has a light show inside it, very subtle, motorised shade on the back window, on the side windows as well. Um, the rear seats reclines by 42.5 degrees. Now, this isn't quite flatbed first-class airline, but for the back of a car, 42.5 degrees of the push of a button, the, sleet, the seat uh, leans back under your knees. Uh, that uh, comes out to support your legs as well. It moves the front seat, the front passenger seat. It moves it automatically forward if there's no one sitting in it. And then the theatre screen comes down. Now, the theatre screen is 31 inches wide. It's an 8K LCD screen, and it folds down from the ceiling. And when it is down, as you can imagine, if you are driving the car, if you are the chauffeur, uh, you know, or just you know, driving because the kids are in the back, then my goodness me, you got lucky kids because that whole screen is so huge when it folds down, it completely blocks, like driving a van. You can't see anything in the rearview mirror. No reversing, rather no camera that you could turn on while you're driving. I could tell in all of the video reviews that I watched for you today, but maybe they just missed it. Highway assistant appears to be very good, up to 85 miles an hour. And the uh, iDrive 8th generation looks like it is faultless in this vehicle. Car and driver, a huge fan, but so were Autocar Magazine, where they say that this built on the CLAR, the CLAR architecture, um, which does have some combustion underpinnings, is very good. In On the WLTP cycle, it's higher because the European cycle is more than EPA. It's a bit more generous. 367 miles of range rather than 318 on EPA. And I think EPA is more realistic, actually. But it depends how you drive it. 367 miles. And this thing charges like a beast as well. 195 kilowatt charging. Now, again, it's only a 400 volt, and it's actually a bit less than 400 volt um, nominal voltage. And so you are going to have to find a charger that can dump a lot of amps into the vehicle because it's a very low voltage so you can't make up on the bolt voltage you've got to make up on the amps side so it's got to deliver the juice 
But if you can find a 400 or 500 amp charger, uh, not always listed, by the way. Sometimes, I don't know if you're a nerd like me, but you've got to go around the back and look at the little tech plates on the back and go, you know, what's what's the amperage of this charger? Um, it, you can still do a 10-minute charge and add well over 100 miles of range in just 10 minutes. And literally 10 minutes is... It's not, it's not even a quick phone call, is it? It's not even like a splash and dash to get a coffee and use the loo. The M version will come later this year, 600 horsepower on the i7 M70, but that will be electric only. They're making no combustion versions of that top M version at least for the UK market. Now, the amount of switches and buttons have all been rationalised and reduced from what is the outgoing 7 Series. So it's not minimalist inside. It's not, um, It's not like I say, all of this, as I talk about this, remember, same price as the Tesla Model S. It's not minimalist, but a lot has come out. A lot is on the screen. Uh, you also have little screens um, where the you would imagine the window controls are. Uh, on the on the door handles, so you've got screens uh, on the door handles, certainly in the back where you can control everything. You can move the front seats around as well. You can even change the drive mode from the back. Brilliant! This car is all about being chauffeured around in luxury. Like I say, for the price of a Tesla Model S, so it's a very very impressive leap. Says Auto Car Magazine. It's not about pure pace, like four seconds not to sixty. It's not two seconds for the Model S. It's not about that. It is dialed back. Now, Edmunds.com, so we'll go back to a US outlet here uh, from Autocar, which is a UK. They say that when they test drove this car, they got way more miles than the EPA is estimating. So they put, EPA puts 318 miles on it. They did at least 377 in their test vehicle. And they say that between the Mercedes-Benz EQS Obviously, the Tesla Model S, the Lucid Air. Porsche Taycan is a different beast. It's much more sporty. Audi e-tron GT, all of those cars swim in this 100,000-plus pool of, you know, how lucky that you must be to be able to buy one of those vehicles and have that in your driveway. Green Car Reports. Uh, so, John Volker uh, got the... Um, job of driving it for them. Uh, John wrote, a new generation stability control system acts 10 times faster and uses the brakes for torque vectoring. The vehicle software can also direct the front motor to add more regen, adding to the front end and creating more tyre contact patch. Rear axle steering is standard and it will shorten lower speed corners. It works at 3.5 degrees, not as much as the, for instance, Mercedes, but it was is more it, it is more subtle, but it works very well. Base price one hundred nineteen thousand dollars. He says that uh, the car he was given had eleven of the options packed uh, uh, options uh, pack uh, packs ticked, and they were the rear executive seating seven thousand dollars, the executive package so the automatic doors. So you just simply push a little button on the door and the door opens on its own and closes on its own. A bit slowly, actually. If you want to get in the car quickly, just grab the door handle. But then when you do, and you open the door manually, there is some resistance because there's obviously an electric motor that you are pulling against. It's not sort of smooth, doesn't glide open. So you're almost best to let the doors open themselves. But then when they do they do that, it's very slow. But either way, automatic doors, uh, crystal headlights, massaging seat that's got like 20, 30 different massages, uh, the hands-free, like I said, up to 85 miles an hour uh, parking assist. The Bowers & Wilkins stereo system alone is $5,000. 
obviously. And uh, the car he drove was $150,000. So, so, so there you go. Not a cheap car, but really special by the sounds of it. I love, love, love some of the, the differences here because, you know, Model S Plaid, same price, is just a weapon and you get a screen. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Oh, that's wrong. Uh, I take that back. You get two screens and you get all of the performance you could possibly want. And and then you get okay build quality. It's not, you know, Tesla gets a rough rough ride on build quality, brings it on some of it himself. Some of it is is, is justified, some not. Um, you know, you, you get a seat. The seat does move electronically. Uh, uh, you know... <laughs> Oh, and you obviously get Tesla's legendary software over-the-air updates. But look, BMW does all that now as well. You navigate to a, a DC fast charger, and it's going to be preconditioning the battery. If you've got Apple CarPlay enabled, and you're not, you know, you're going there, but it's you're using like the CarPlay, not the the car software. You've still got a button to both manually start and stop battery preconditioning in case you don't want to use that energy getting to the DC fast charger. So, a lot of the Tesla competition has caught up in many, many ways. Now, I still like the UI. I still like Tesla's single-screen approach. I love how Tesla do their software and update it so regularly. But what BMW haven't done with this is given it a massive dominating screen. It's very, it's, it's the opposite of a Model S Plaid. And I love that so much because it's additive to the EV industry and it's additive. Again, it's a car that I'll never buy because it's so expensive, but it adds to choice. And, it, and well done, BMW. This looks spectacular. Woo! That is a meta review of all of the different reviews that I watched and read today for you uh, and picked out the best bits. Coming up, we'll talk about the Audi e-tron's new name and battery swapping from Neo. Stick around. All right, now this is entirely sensible next. The Audi e-tron, which I, I love the e-tron, is going to be called the Q8. And that makes sense if you look at their combustion lineup um, of vehicles the fact that the audi e-tron was the first one they launched back in 2018 2019 and and they called it e-tron but there was also an a3 e-tron the plug-in hybrid and then other vehicles came using e-tron name so sensible to get rid of it just being called the audi e-tron it's called the audi q8 Uh, of course there's the q8 and the q8 sportback and just like the combustion range you can get a sporty one called the SQ8 and the SQ8 Sportback. And, you know, in time, there's obviously going to be an RS. (laughs) So it fits in with my crazy brain that likes everything to line up. It fits in very nicely. So the e-tron name is gone, um, but it's still called the Q8 e-tron. So the new Q8 uh, gets unveiled in two days' time on Wednesday, November the 9th, and it won't look wildly different to the outgoing e-tron which was a, a thirsty beast, had a big old battery, um, but it was a thirsty beast. So I won't be surprised when Audi redo the battery, redo the powertrain, make it more efficient, make it more aero, possibly. The front end might be a bit more slippery when we see the Q8 come out on Wednesday. And looking forward to more details. Then Neo have now got to 1,200 battery swap stations. It was five minutes ago that I told you that it was at 1,000, then 1,100. Now it's 1,200. Now they're going to get to 1,300 by the end of the year. Um, that's more than 6,000 supercharging piles, 10,000 destination chargers, and now 1,200 battery swap stations in China. By the end of 2025, their ambition is 4,000 battery swap stations worldwide and 1,000 of those overseas. We'll wait and see if battery swapping takes off elsewhere. BYD are on a rip 
And I talk about them a lot, but I think I need to talk about BYD a lot more. Because I, you know, talk about, well, you know, Tesla could get to 1.5 million vehicles and next year Tesla get to 2 million. I give them a lot of airtime on the podcast. Look, BYD is going to get to 4 million electric vehicles. And so uh, they need, we need to pay attention to them. Global sales of EVs in the world, by the way, global sales of EVs in the world topped a million in September. That's the first time. There you go. There's a little stat. You remember one thing from this podcast. September's global EV sales were over a million. One million and 40,000. That's amazing. It's the first million month. Wow. Mega. And a lot of that was because of BYD. And in September, pure electric vehicle sales accounted for... About 13% of all car sales. Um, Year on year, it's up massively. And Clean Technica has been looking at the top 20 models sold worldwide in September. And although the Model Y and the Model 3 um, did well, BYD had seven models in the top 20 of EV sales around the world. Now, a couple of days ago on November 3rd, BYD's October numbers were out. And BYD produced, in the month of October, 220 thousand electric vehicles on the month alone and they're expanding so rapidly Uh, byd making 220,000 evs in the month of october alone wow just incredible on a real rip right now i don't think anyone's paying any attention to them hey-ho they will at some point tesla is extending an offer in germany and doing the right thing by customers i believe model y customers who are unable to take delivery of their vehicles by the end of the year will still receive the german government grant which is going at the end of the year germany's incentives for evs will be reduced next year which is a pain obviously for tesla buyers Um, but as Demand for the 3 and the Y has resulted in some of those orders being shifted into 2023. Tesla, I think, have done the right thing and said that the environmental bonus, which goes down next year, uh, we want to make sure that you benefit from the bonus funding with your Model 3 and your Model Y, even if it's not due until 2023. We will pay for the difference between uh, the money that you would lose from the German government. So Tesla doing the right thing there. Uh, I guess I guess critics would say that Tesla have a demand issue and are having to do things like this. They wouldn't do it if they were still stacked up. And Tesla are most certainly not stacked up right now. I can order. I just checked before I came on air. Um, and it's still the same. I can order a Tesla now and take delivery. A brand new, a brand new Model Y in the UK. And delivery's November. And we've got three weeks of the month left. It just seems crazy to me. Why is no one buying Teslas at the minute? Well, people are. They're going to make one and a half million this year. But they're sailing very, very close to uh, having not so much backlog as they used to. One to watch, I think. Non-Tesla EVs in China will get access to superchargers thanks to government money in New South Wales. Um, They're not paying for the whole thing, by the way. I I think, I need to check it. I think New South Wales are paying, the state government are paying something like, 40 or 42 percent of the cost of putting charges in either way um, of all the bids that came in they were very clear that if you want the public money in australia then you have to have it open to everyone tesla did put a bid in and did win i think the supercharging sites are at least 10 charges if not more per site and these sites are part of the 40 million aussie dollar state government grant for dc fast charging stations and making very clear uh, that the 86 sites providing 500 new fast 
and ultra-fast charging bays on average of six per site, whereas the Tesla's ones are at least ten per site. Um, Tesla did win some of those, and we'll get some of that funding. Uh, but, of course, they have to be open. So more great news that in Australia, the supercharging network will be able to use uh, be used by third-party cars. Right, thank you very much to our premium partners of the podcast. That'll be you, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, EF.energy. If you want to see what Phil does, it's impressive. Brad Crosby, thank you, mate. Porsche of the village in Cincinnati. Audi of Cincinnati East. Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley's awesome channel gets better all the time. It's called EV Review Ireland. If you're buying or selling in the UK, you know who to call Richard at rsev.co.uk. Octopus Electric Universe have got you covered for global public charging. Made simple. One app and one map. Hi to millbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon. And uh, finally, our latest premium partner. That'll be Lease Plan Electric Moments. Providing all the tools and EV guidance that EV drivers need. Thanks a lot for listening today. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.